Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's episode, I am joined by freshman from the Sacred Heart hockey team, Blake Humphrey. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Blake, and how's everything going? Good. Uh, happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you on, and obviously your team has had a pretty good first half of the season. Um, I'm curious, um, ending it off well, obviously, beating teams like Northeastern and Bentley. Um, so I'm curious, like, how would you evaluate your team's performance? Uh, as of now, and what are your team's expectations heading into the second half of the season? Obviously, we um, yeah we had a pretty successful first half. We we came out the gates really hot, um, started off good, and hit a bit of a slump there, which is just part of the game. We kind of learned to battle through it, but going into the break with a couple big wins, especially against Northeastern, makes it a lot easier to be ready to go. Right as soon as we get back from break. Um, yeah, we've got contributions from everyone in the lineup and great goaltending. And um, so overall, it's, I mean, we're rolling right now and our, our expectation is to, you know, keep that going when we come back. Yeah, talk about that win against Northeastern because obviously they were in a slump heading into the uh, Bridgeport and you guys did a good job sort of limiting that very good offense and getting that big win. Uh, how much did that mean to the team ending off the first half of the season on a good note, but also being a team like Northeastern to help you guys out in the pairwise as well? Yeah, obviously, you know, we kind of knew they were they were in a slump going into it, and when that happens, you know that they're obviously they're going to come out hard because you know we were in that same position. You know, it's frustrating to be there and. We knew that if we were able to kind of catch them right away and come out hard on them, like they're going to start gripping the sticks and um, kind of forcing plays. So we knew we had to, you know, come ready to play. And it's it kind of shows it's college hockey is just so good right now. Anybody can beat anybody. So, um, but yeah, it was definitely you know good for our group to kind of on a high note and get back up in the pairwise, as you said. Now, obviously, the big story with your team is that you have a new arena coming in in a couple of weeks. Um, I saw that your team had the chance to practice on it last week, so I'm curious uh, what's your thoughts on the new barn and how excited are you to play in there um, on the 14th? Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. We um, they toured us through it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I got to see the locker room, video room, gym, shooting room, all that stuff, and it's obviously unbelievable. It's exciting, and uh, it's another reason why, you know, we're so excited to kind of get back and play in. Um, we were lucky enough, like you said, to practice for a couple weeks on it. So it's nice, obviously, having it on campus, too, and kind of be able to have bigger, you know, student sections and be able to play in front of your, your classmates and your peers. So, But it's uh, it's exciting, and it's exciting to see how dedicated uh, the school is to our program. And obviously it means a lot to us as, you know, the hockey players that they're willing to kind of fund us and kind of help us out to be successful as well. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be an adjustment going from games in Bridgeport to on campus, especially regarding the atmosphere? Because I heard that the first game is already sold out. So it's just, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere uh, with all the students there. I'm curious if that's going to be an adjustment for your team, sort of going from a different home arena in the middle of the season. Um, I would say, like, yes, in a good way. It's just obviously it's always easier to play in front of, you know, your own fans. Um, like, I would 
an extra player out there. So we're all excited to kind of feel that the support. And obviously, we found out the first game was sold out. Um, it kind of just it fired us up a bit. And we know we got to be to play. There's a lot of people that are excited, not just us, people around the community, around our school um, that are expecting a lot from us. So it's uh, it's going to be an adjustment, but like in an exciting way. So we're all excited for it. Now, for yourself individually, you're starting off the season very strong with 11 points in 16 games. Uh, what's been the key to your success so far this season, and how have you remained that consistent uh, goal-scoring ability that you have? Um, obviously, it kind of helps uh, to get you know that first one early. I was able to score my first goal in like our third game or something like that. So it's nice to kind of get the first one out of the way. Then you start to build some confidence and then um, you start seeing the puck go in the net. It just becomes a lot easier. You're kind of just playing. You're not really thinking. Um, and, you know, I've got to thank my coaches. They've given me a great opportunity to succeed right away. They've put me in positions to play a lot and um, kind of show off, showcase, like, what I'm good at and my skills. So, and obviously playing with really good players helps a lot. I've, most of my goals have come from nice plays that my teammates have made to me. So um, all around, it's it's been a great experience first half. And thankfully, along with my team success, I've been able to have some personal success as well, um, which makes, you know, makes it a lot easier to enjoy it. So. Yeah, and obviously you had a very strong uh, year in juniors uh, last season. So I'm curious, like, what do you think is the biggest improvement you've made to your game uh, since your last game in juniors to now? Um, well, the biggest thing for me, um, kind of being, some would say, an undersized guy, is over the summer I was able to get a lot stronger and work on, you know, being able to – I guess play with bigger guys. Obviously, going into college, I would say that's the biggest thing you know is it's just a lot bigger. Um, so I was able to, you know, put on some weight and um, kind of train to be ready to play against bigger, older guys. Um, I was able to, you know, my shot got a little bit better over the summer, kind of just going along with being able to be stronger and, you know, like getting faster comes with that too. So um, overall, my training this summer obviously helped me a lot prepare for the season, being able to come out of the gates ready to go right away. Um, but I would say the biggest thing is probably just getting stronger and faster for me. Yeah, what do you do during the summer to sort of enhance those uh, abilities that you have with your shot and then obviously your stick handling? But also, like, how do you try to get stronger um, in the off season as well? Like, is it just lifting weights or is there other uh, drills that you do to um, help yourself out regarding that? in the summer with uh, my trainer Francois Mathod. Um, he's kind of changed my game. I started training with him about five or six years ago. So he's uh, he's helped me a lot over the years. He's helped my skating, and that, that's one reason why I've been able to become quicker and faster than the gym becomes an important part, too, obviously. Um, my trainers, Nick Marino and, and Dan Fickner, have made a huge um, kind of dent on my uh, progression over the past couple of years, and they were able to help me out a lot this year, and they built a nutrition plan for me, which helped to kind of also be able to put on weight. You kind of learn how 
important that aspect is of um, putting on weight. But yeah, it's a lot of, not really a ton of weightlifting. It's a lot of speed training, um, training multiple times a day, kind of learning to train when you're tired and being able to fight through that. So um, obviously both of those guys have helped me a lot, and especially this last summer coming into the season. What's uh, your diet? I'm curious about that. Like, how does that change? Can you say that again? You cut out. Oh, my apologies. I'm curious what your diet is like. Uh, what's that nutrition plan, plan looking like? So the goal was to eat up to around 4,000 calories a day, which is obviously a lot more than kind of an average person with that because, you know, when you're skating and working out a lot, you're burning a ton of calories, and it's tough to keep on weight, let alone put on weight when you're burning that many calories. So it's a lot of uh, protein and carb-based diets, basically, um, trying to stay away from trans-saturated fats, stuff like that, um, and try and try and get a good amount of protein in every meal. Um, the goal was around 90 grams of protein every day, um, and stay away from, as you can, sugars. Um, but... There's a little bit of leeway with it, obviously, with when you are burning many calories, you kind of have a little bit more of a leeway to eat. Like, I wouldn't say it was a crazy restricted diet, but more about just eating a lot of good foods. Um, but, yeah, that was probably the biggest difference I noticed was, you know, going into the season, I kind of bulked up a lot more than I ever had before, which not only helped me – I'll be able to play against these bigger, stronger guys, but it helps me prevent from injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how different diets can make your body do different things. Like, I know Tom Brady, like, his diet is crazy, uh, just the stuff that he consumes. But I think it's important because the way you treat your body, obviously, if you treat your body well, your body's going to respond well to that. So that's pretty – it's kind of cool to hear just all the hard work that you have to put in throughout the year to make yourself um, be at the level that you are today. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, you know, players, everyone's trying to find the the littlest of advantages to be better than the next guy. And um, it's just getting more and more competitive. You know, every year there's more and more good players. So you kind of have to do whatever it takes if you want to, you know, be able to play at the top level and you want to be able to produce. And um, so it's obviously, it is a lot of hard work, but start to kind of embrace it and like almost enjoy you know working through it working hard um but yeah obviously having done it for a while you start to get into like a rhythm of it almost it just starts to become part of your normal day you don't even think about it so um but yeah obviously i've kind of enjoyed the kind of journey i've had throughout my hockey career um Hopefully it uh, it keeps going for a while. Now you sort of answered this question a little bit, but I'm curious, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make um, in college hockey? Was it the speed of the game, just the physicality, or just something else like the decision making? I'm curious what stood out you what stood out to you the most and how you adjusted to it as a college hockey player, especially as a freshman, and especially in like Atlantic hockey where you're playing against a lot of like 25 year olds on a lot of different teams. Yeah, yeah. like I said before, a lot of it is you know, older, bigger guys that have a bunch of experience. Like you said, a lot of 23, 24, 25-year-olds 
um, that have been there before and kind of understand the game. So I would say obviously with that comes it's a little bit faster. You know, you got to make quicker decisions. But, yeah, the size I always talk about is kind of the biggest thing you notice. And these guys, like it's been here for a couple of years I think so, to win at this level so I would say yeah the size and the speed is what you notice right away and it does you know for me it took a couple of games to kind of get used to it but overall I thankfully was able to uh, kind of step in and adjust to it pretty quickly Now what's it like playing in Atlanta cocky and just talk about the competition you face every night Yeah obviously you know the Atlantic is improved a ton over the last however many so years and obviously you got RITs having a very good season they're a tough team to play against and even teams that we played earlier we've been lucky enough you know like Holy Cross in the case we were able to get sweeps against them but it's every night it's up in the air like anyone can beat anyone and it's tough it's 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 a grind every game you're gonna get hit and you know it you're gonna have to hit guys um, and you, you got to take advantage of your chances as well. I feel like that's another thing I noticed is um, goaltending. That's a big adjustment going into college. All of these goalies are good. They all can play the puck well. So, um, but, yeah, playing Atlantic is certainly a, a good challenge for me. And, um, obviously, our team has been able to have some, have some uh, success. Obviously, we have some other guys that have played in the league for a while and it kind of have been kind of a good role model for us to us freshmen to kind of follow them and they understand what it takes to to be successful in this conference. Yeah, I think with the goalies, like something I've noticed, especially in college hockey, is the goalies are either super super big or they're like really athletic, and it allows them to stop like a lot of intense shots, which is pretty fun to watch. But as a shooter, like I feel like you can constantly have to keep adjusting your game to find ways to score goals on these guys. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, like, I remember we played against Merrimack, and their goalie is like 6'8 or something crazy like that. And then, yeah, like you said, there's some guys that are, you know, smaller size but crazy athletic. They're quick. They can move side to side. So it just becomes – it's just so hard to score on like a straight up shot, like lots of goals or off rebounds or kind of just kind of cross ice passes off a of one timer. And, you know, you don't really have any time to kind of walk in and rip one by the goalie. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's hard to score in college. And, um, but yeah, when you get those chances, you definitely got to make the most of them. Now, how do you balance academics and hockey as well? Cause I feel like, Senior, um, senior elite prospect page. You were in juniors for a few seasons, so I'm assuming it must be sort of weird to go back to school. That's something that a lot of people don't really talk about when they think about just the daily life of a college hockey player. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, like you know, you you play a beer as juniors. You're just playing hockey. It's um, you're kind of just almost like a like a pro, right? You you don't have anything to worry about in hockey and. Uh, Getting back to school, it's obviously a bit of adjustment, having to do homework every night. You know, you're not kind of used to that, but you do kind of, like, get used to it just because, you know, you have all sorts of help. You have tutors. You have, you know, academic advisors who are there, and they want to help you. They want to see you succeed as well. So you have all the help you need. Um, But, yeah, and obviously the season doesn't – 
you know, you start practicing right away when you get to school, but the season doesn't start for like a month or so. So you kind of have, have a bit of an adjustment period right when you get to school, thankfully, to just kind of focus on getting back into the rhythm of going to school and um, going to class. So thankfully, you know, for me, it wasn't, wasn't too bad. Now talk about your freshman class because I feel like you guys have made a huge contribution to the Sacred Heart team. Uh, what's it been like building chemistry with those guys and just talk about what you guys bring to the team as a whole class? Yeah, for sure. We have, we have a really good freshman class and, um, we've been able to become really close with each other. Obviously, um, Marcus Joggin, he's had a very good freshman year too. He's become one of my good buddies and super skilled player. Um, can score goals, very good skater. So, and then, uh, you know, you got Aiden Connolly scored a few goals and a couple other guys that have made big contributions. And, uh, Brennan Kennett, he's been out the whole year. Um, he's battling some injuries, but he's another guy that when he gets back, he'll be, you know, a big part of the team as well. So it's obviously exciting to see too. Um, you know, when the freshmen are able to have success right away, cause, it's a good look for our future. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely exciting to see some guys in my class um, doing well right away. So I now want to transition and get to the beginning of your hockey career and kind of work all the way up to where you are today. So uh, doing research on yourself, it says that you're from Penfield, New York. Uh, so talk about growing up there and how did you start playing hockey? Yeah, I've, uh, Grew up in Penfield just about my whole life. Got two younger brothers. Um, one of them is playing hockey. He's playing juniors in uh, in Charlotte, USPHL. He's having a good season. And uh, my dad played hockey growing up, so we've just been kind of a big hockey family ever since the start. And um, my parents, obviously, they they did a lot to you know to help my success. And uh, started hockey at like six years old my dad got me into it was, uh you know i showed some interest in it i wanted to go to wanted to watch games we went to some rochester americans ahl games stuff like that um and then when i got to about 10 years old uh i started traveling to syracuse to play hockey which is about an hour and a half away from uh, where i live so that was a big commitment for you know my parents to you know drive me to practice you know twice three times a week but um, we were able to have a really good team there. We have seven or eight guys from that team who are playing Division One right now. So, um, but yeah, obviously I've I've been given all the tools to succeed from you know all the help I've gotten from great coaches growing up. My my coach in Syracuse, Terry Kerwin, um, he he made a huge impact on my game. He really taught me uh, the thinking aspect of hockey and you know how to play the right way and. Uh, I can't thank my my dad and my mom enough for making the contributions they did to you know help, help me get to the point I am right now and kind of reach my goals. Now, who was your favorite um, player growing up? Was it someone on the Sabers, I presume, or was it another player in the NHL? Yeah, I, crazy enough, I never really was a crazy uh, Sabers fan growing up. I had a lot of favorite players but the two that kind of stick out I was a big Phil Kessel fan oh nice I wore number 81 growing up so I was a big Phil Kessel fan especially when he was on the Leafs um and then a Patrick Kane fan me and my uh, my brother Connor we were both pretty big Patrick Kane fans so 
Uh, I know we were talking about diets earlier. Is it crazy to hear about Phil Kessel's diet and how he's always successful, like eating like hot dogs and like soda? Yeah, it's just it shows you there are just like some people that are just naturally gifted. You know, <laughs> they they just have it. They don't have to do anything extra. They're just naturally talented. It is crazy to see, um, especially you know him. He's got the longest, you know, the Iron Man streak, whatever. He just sets the longest. So. It is crazy to see a guy like that be able to be healthy that long and let alone, you know, be a top player in the league for as long as he was. So, yeah, that's pretty interesting for sure. Now, let's talk about your junior career a little bit because you played in the USHL for the Sioux Falls Stampede. Um, How did you get the opportunity to go to the USHL and talk about that adjustment, um, moving away from home for the first time at such a young age? Yeah, so actually I – I went to New England prep. I played prep school in Massachusetts uh, at Lawrence Academy. We had a really good team there. Um, I was able to have a good season there. And then I got drafted to Sioux Falls out of there um, in the fourth round. So having to move away from home in my senior year of high school was definitely an adjustment, but that kind of set me up for when I went to juniors. Made it a lot easier and um, but yeah, Sioux Falls is a long way from home. Definitely a bit different out there. Very cold. Um, but yeah, having the opportunity to play in New England prep definitely helps when it comes to getting exposure to, um, junior teams and college coaches. So, um, but yeah, having a good year definitely helped me a lot to get drafted there and then, uh, kind of lead me to Sioux Falls. Yeah, and uh, talk about your experience in the USHL and how they help prepare you for college hockey today. Yeah, obviously, you know, the USHL, you know, the best junior league in, in the state. So it's uh, you're getting the best of the best every night. You're getting you're playing against NHL draft picks or guys that are going to be first rounders. So it's a uh, very competitive league. It's tough. It's fast. But with that being said, it, all it does, it's helping me prepare for for college and um Sioux Falls was a really cool organization. We had amazing facilities, great fan base. I mean there was never a night where we didn't have at least four thousand fans at the game. So it was it was an exciting time. You're you're kinda of treated like a pro there. Like you you have fans, you have people wearing your jersey, people that want your autograph. So it's it was cool. It's a fun time. You know, juniors is as people say it's the best time of your life and throughout your career and it's uh it's an exciting time and I had a great time there. We had a great group of guys. Fortunately we had a lot of injuries so we weren't able to make the playoffs there but um yeah, I feel playing HL definitely did a, a good job of preparing me for college. Now, what's the best memory you have at the USHL? I know you said you didn't make the playoffs last year, but there was any was there any moment that kind of stood out to you when you think about your time uh, with Sioux Falls? Yeah, for sure. We uh, biggest one I would say is Wiener Dog Night. It's, it's a big night. Sioux Falls every year they uh, they have Wiener Dog Night, and in the uh, intermission they have Wiener Dogs come out and race on the ice, and it's the biggest night of the year. We had twelve thousand people sold out game. Um, we get some cool jerseys and then we auction them off afterwards. So that's, that's probably the most memorable night. We were able to beat Omaha like six to two or something. So it was, uh, that was a fun night for sure. 
Do you get to watch the race at all? I know it's during intermission, or do you have to wait until like it comes out on YouTube after the game? Yeah, we um we have a TV in the locker rooms, so we were able to kind of go peek out the TV and see the races a little bit. But for the most part, no, you just have to wait and come watch them after. But yeah, it's a cool event. You can kind of you can hear the crowd going nuts while you're in the locker room, so you can kind of tell what's going on. But yeah, it's it's a cool event. That's got to be, like, disappointing. Like, I know you're playing, but at the same time, you sort of want to be out there and, like, watch it. So that must be, like, oh, man, like, it sucks to have to wait until after the game to watch this thing. Yeah, for sure. Like, you definitely want to just kind of go out and peek out on the bench or something, go see the races. But, yeah, thankfully, it was we were able to have a, a good night that night. We were able to win pretty good, which makes the makes it a lot better for us and for the fans and definitely the organization as well who puts on – the big event, it's always better when uh, we win that game. Now, uh, talk about your recruitment process to Sacred Heart. Uh, what was that like for yourself? And what made you want to go to Sacred Heart versus other schools you might have looked at? Yeah, obviously, um, it's a big decision in your life, and you you kind of know that um, you got to take your time with it. And uh, I really had a really good conversation with uh, Scott McDougall and CJ um, before committing. Uh, I kind of got the, un- the understanding that they knew what I was as a player, um, and they respected me as a person. Like they, they wanted me to succeed as much as they want to succeed, and um, they've proved it. They've put me in position to, you know, to do well right away. Um, obviously, the new ring was exciting news, and that kind of draws you to it as well. Um, but I really liked, I liked what they had going on at the program. Um, it's been trending upwards the past couple of years and we keep going up. So we got some good players. I knew we had some good players coming in as well that I had, you know, you know Mark and I had played against in preps. So I kind of knew of him. I know he was a good player. So it was, it was a no brainer for sure. Um, definitely excited that, you know, I made the right decision. Now, if I remember correctly, you were originally committed to Providence. So how scary is that to like sort of like go from decommit and then sort of open yourself back up um, in the recruiting process? Or is that something that you enjoy just because you sort of have a better understanding of what it's like? Yeah, a little bit of both for sure. Obviously, I was committed to Providence for you know, about two, almost three years. And sometimes things just don't work out. And, um, you know, I I want to go to a place where – the coaches really believed in me and believed in my abilities. And um, so when I decommitted from Providence, I took it probably close to five months before I committed again. But talk to some schools, you kind of get an idea of how interested they really are in you. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely an exciting time, too. You're kind of um, – you're talking to a bunch of different schools. And it is, uh, it is a little nerve-wracking, too, because, you know, you're playing for – you're playing for something every night. You got to come ready to go. You never know who's going to be at the game. So, but overall, yeah, I would say it was an exciting time for sure to kind of go back in the recruitment process and you kind of know what to expect, what to look for, kind of what, what you want to hear from coaches to kind of understand. And uh, you want to go to a place that, that really values you being there, not just you being a player there. So. What's it like playing under Coach Maritola? The guy seems very intense whenever I see him on the bench. He seems a very scary guy. I'm curious what it's like being a player under him. I'm assuming he's a nice guy, but on the bench, he definitely has the coach 
look. Yeah, he. Um, <laughs> a lot of people think that, but he's actually the the most down to earth, just very genuine, nice guy. He cares about you as a person as well, and um, but he's just super competitive. He wants to win every night, just like we do. So um, he's done a great job with kind of setting the standard here. At, you know where we are at Sacred Heart, and um, there's no there's no miscommunication. Like we know what to expect every night. And um, it's been it's been great to play under him. He uh, he does get intense every once in a while, but it's just because he's competitive, and he wants the best out of us. But no, he is. He's always a great guy. Whenever you see him, uh, whenever you see him, he's excited to see you. He's asking how you're doing, you know, how your classes are, how's your family. So um, you know, a great coach to play for. You also have two great assistants in Coach Bergen and Coach McDougal. What's it like playing with those or playing under those guys as well? Yeah, obviously we got um, Bergie. He was added this year. He's been a huge contribution to our team. Um, he's very good at, at understanding the game. Um, he he knows kind of what it takes to win as well. He's coached at higher levels. He's coached at the AHL before and. He played pro as well, played Division One. So he he's done a good job with us. Um, and Scotty's Scotty's really good too. He runs the forwards during the games, and uh, he runs our power play as well. So and we've been able to have some success in the power play. So that kind of speaks for itself. Um, but yeah, obviously having a great coaching staff with all those guys makes it easier to play every game. You're not gripping your stick. They um, they kind of just let you go out and play and become and be creative and, and make plays. So we're now in a segment I like to call the non-hockey segment, where I ask you some non-hockey questions just to get to know you a little bit more off the ice. First one is, what music do you like to listen to uh, before a game? Before a game, um, I like rap music. I like I like a lot of kind of like almost like EDM music, just kind of music that's loud to uh, just kind of get you fired up. But non-hockey related, I'm a big country music fan. I'm a big Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs. I like Hardy. But, yeah, for the most part, I listen to country before games. Yeah, usually rap or kind of EDM music. Nice. What was your thoughts on Morgan Wallen's uh, new album or EP or whatever no, it's called? Yeah, I liked all the his singles. I liked all three of them. Uh, I think One Thing at a Time is probably my favorite song right now, though. I'm more of a fan of Tennessee fan. I think that's a good song, uh, just because I, I maybe yeah. because I'm a big sports guy, so I like that sports vibe that he puts into the song. Yeah, I agree. It's it's cool how he kind of he brings the sports into his country music, and obviously um, him being a big Tennessee fan. And I remember he released the, uh, the kind of sample of it right after Tennessee beat Alabama, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. How cool would it be if there was a famous country artist that was a huge Sacred Heart hockey guy and he came up with a song about your team? Like that, that I wish there was a guy like that in college hockey. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to get Morgan Wallen down to make a song about us. That'd be pretty sweet. I don't know. I think it would look good in that red uh, SHU jersey, too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I'm kind of. I like to listen to country and just pretty much everything. I I I really don't have like a type of genre that I don't like, except for maybe like heavy metal. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way too. I'll kind of listen to anything. Now, 
Speaking of music, I guess this is sort of a holiday one, but what's your least favorite Christmas song? What's your favorite Christmas song since we're recording this around the holidays? Oh, that's, I don't know if I have a, a least favorite. A favorite? Unfortunately, it's a lot of basic ones. You can't go wrong with Mariah Carey. That's yeah. a classic. Um, even, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably say Mariah Carey is probably my favorite. Least favorite? I can't really think of one. That's a tough one. I think my favorite is probably Last Christmas. That's another basic one. But then my least favorite is probably, yeah. I love Paul McCartney, but his Christmas song is just so, like, not great. So that was, that was probably yeah. my least favorite. That's fair. Now, uh, what TV show uh, do you like to watch the most? Um, I've got a few. I'm a big Friends fan. Uh, I love The Office. I've watched The Office a bunch of times. Um, but whenever I'm just kind of at home or just in my dorm room i usually just throw on family guy in the background so uh a big fan of family guy now what is the most interesting thing you've seen or read this week that's a tough one obviously like i don't know if this would count but i watched the bills game last night huge bills fan so that was uh that was an exciting win for the bills um interesting thing i've seen yeah, I can't. I can't think of anything. I I know on TikTok I find something crazy every day, but yeah, yeah. I think for me it was probably the World Cup game uh, this morning. That was pretty crazy uh, to see Messi finally win it. And I didn't think I thought Argentina was going to kind of roll through it, but kudos to France for sort of making that a game, just scoring like two goals in a minute. And uh, I'm a big soccer guy. I really like that sport. I hope it continues to grow here in the U.S. Yeah, that was. That was a crazy game, and I'm—I've never really watched a ton of soccer, but it's just you know it's the biggest thing going on in the world right now. So obviously you just kind of tune in and watch, and yeah, it was—it was exciting, and um, to have it go down right to the wire at the end was—it uh, was fun to watch. Now let's ask some questions about some of your teammates. Uh, first one is uh, which teammate has the best style um, besides yourself, obviously. This one's uh, this one's a no-brainer. I'm going to go with Toddy Garing. He's always always dressed apart. He knows what he's doing. He's kind of got the swagger to rock it, too. He kind of knows he looks good, so I'll have to go with Toddy Gehring. Uh Who's the funniest on the team? <laughs> we got a few. Honestly, uh, my roommate, Brandon Milberg, he's probably the funniest. I uh, played with him at Lawrence. I've known him for a couple of years. That guy, um, he can always get me on the floor just dying and laughing. Um, we got a few other guys. Um, Patrick Dawson is a pretty funny guy too. Um, but yeah, we we got a few of those guys. I would have to say Brandon Milberg though. Now looking at your headshots on your roster pictures, you guys might have the best hair in all of college hockey. So I have to ask you, who has the best hair on the team? A lot of good flows. Yeah, we do have a lot of good flows. Um. Yeah, I feel like it's a no-brainer to say me, but I'll uh, I'll give some shout-outs to uh, Dvorak. He thinks he has the best hair, but that guy's crazy. So Lombardi has some pretty good hair. Um, yeah, he's probably the one I think of. We do have some good flow. We got some guys that have flow, but uh, it's kind of a disaster, so we'll have to fix that up. But, yeah, we do. We do have some good flow on our team for sure. I thought I saw a mullet in one of those headshots. I could be mistaken, though. Yeah, that's uh, Slushy. That's our goalie. 
uh, that is that is pretty good. It's like it's crazy, but he he pulls it off. He um he kind of rocks with it. So yeah, I forgot about him. I'll have to put him up there too, just because I respect it. Rocking the mullet, so. I feel bad for goalies because I feel like you can't have a flow with the mask. It just doesn't look as good as with, like, the helmet. Yeah, because, like, you don't see it as well. And also, like, with players, most guys take their ear guards out, so you kind of see the hair coming out the sides of the helmet. So goalie, yeah, it's definitely tough to see it. Well, because the mask, like, flattens it in the back, so, like, you really don't get the full flow. Whereas, like, in a helmet, like, it's not as flat in the back. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Uh, and then last on hockey question is uh, if you could have lunch with anyone in the world, uh, who would it be and why? It could be like a famous or non-famous person. Yeah, that's a good one. Obviously, there's like so many different directions you could go with this. Um, I thought of like some cool actors. Like I feel like having lunch with Leonardo DiCaprio would be pretty sick. Um, but like I just feel like it's no brainer. Like just being able to sit down with Wayne Gretzky would be would be pretty cool. Um, just to kind of, like, get to know him and talk about his crazy hockey career. So I'll have to go with Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, that's usually the, my go-to answer, just because I think it'll be cool to hear, like, what was it like getting, like, 170 points in, like, 30 games? Like, that must be crazy. Yeah. But I'll go with Ovechkin um, in this one, yeah. just because I'm curious. I'll, I'll, I'll love to know what his thoughts about, like, do, does he truly think he can break the goal record? And it's all that stuff. I hope he does. I think that'll be good for hockey. No, I agree. Obviously, and like everyone's, everyone's watching him right now. All eyes are on him, and uh, it was very OV fashion to get to 800 with a hat trick. He just kind of knew he was going to do something crazy like that. So it is exciting for hockey, and you know everyone's rooting for him. It would just be unbelievable if he was able to, you know, break that record, especially in today's area. It's uh, it's so hard to score, and for him to just score at will, like that is crazy impressive. And I also want to hear, like, 2018 Stanley Cup champion stories, like, because he went, like, all out, and I know there's probably some funny stories that he has, so I would love to hear, like, what that was like. Yeah, for sure. I remember seeing so many videos of him everywhere, like, in a fountain. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely enjoyed it, that's for sure. Now, getting back to some hockey questions now, uh, first one is what advice would you give a younger player that's listening to this podcast on uh, what it takes to make it to the Division One level? Yeah, obviously, um, as crazy as it might sound, it does start at a young age. You kind of you have to you have to love the game, or else you won't want to put in the work. And um, if you do, it's like how much are you willing to to put in to be better than that next guy? And um, there's a lot of guys that you know have proved that that you know you hear all those underdog stories. You know, guys who weren't drafted or guys who, you know, had no college offers and then they find their way in division one. And so you can never count yourself out, right? There's always going to be um, adversity in the way. That's probably the biggest thing I would tell a younger kid is there's going to be a lot of adversity, no matter what, whether it's hockey or any sport or even life, it's how you deal with it and move on from it. But yeah, I guess the biggest thing would be, you got to work harder than everyone else if you want to, you know, get to that level. Now, for all the Sacred Heart fans that are listening to this, what message do you have for them? And uh, just talk about 
yeah, just any message you have. Obviously, you have the rest of the college hockey season, but you also have another trophy in the end of January, the CT Ice Tournament, which people tend to forget about. So I'm curious if you have any message to your fans about winning that, but also doing well in Atlantic hockey for the rest of the year. Yeah, obviously, it's a big season for the Sacred Heart program. And, um, you know, the fans are excited as well with the new ring opening up, and we're just as excited. And uh, we've definitely been preparing. We've been working hard, and um, we're ready to, to deliver. Obviously, the Connecticut Ice is a big tournament for us. And I know a couple of the seniors and fifth years were able to win it uh, a few years back, and they talked about how exciting it was and kind of makes you excited and you start itching to get ready for that tournament. And then, but yeah, the end goal is we want to win the Atlantic. We want to, you know, make it to the tournament. So, um, yeah, for the fans, we're, we're excited to, to kind of put on a show for you guys. Well, do you have any shout outs you want to give to any of your family members, teammates, fam, uh, friends, uh, former teammates? Uh, feel free to give them a shout out or you can feel free to plug something if you want. Uh, the floor is all yours. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I got my, uh, my U Stoke hoodie on. Um, best wax in the business right now. I've, uh, my good buddy Ryan Wynn. He's, uh, he's working, working hard to kind of spread their business and, uh, great product. I've been using it for the past couple of years. Um, so yeah, I guess that's all I got. U Stoke hockey. Well, thank you so much, uh, Blake, for coming on the podcast. I truly appreciate your time. It means so much to myself. Um, obviously, best of luck uh, for the rest of the season. I know your team's going to do great. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing what the new arena is like. Obviously, as you can tell from the background, I'm a UConn guy, and their new rink's opening up the same day as SHU. But I can't wait to see what the what it looks like on videos and stuff like that. So it should be fun. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for, uh, for having me. Um, I had a good time chatting with you about – about all this uh this stuff so you know thanks again the full of confidence and cheap